we may just simply call this the seed principle, if you will. There are some things I want to make you see from this as the Lord begins to minister them to me. And so our major test is going to be Galatians 6 verse number 7. It's a popular test and I will ask you to look at it. And examine it in the light of what we said before. The Paul was not by any means using this scripture to teach karma. He wasn't doing that. Hallelujah. But at the same time, yes, there is the issue of sowing and reaping. And so in one sense was Paul speaking. And sometimes when we look at this issue of sowing and reaping, which has to do with our giving, we have a mindset which also limits what God wants to do or should do based on our sowing if we know what it means to sow and again sowing as i'm going to make you see is not necessarily just money amen so you need to understand that your life revolves around this simple principle of sowing and reaping that means every seed has the ability to reproduce itself. But something I want you to see tonight is this. For those of you who have been able to break, in terms of finance, you've been able to break away from the spirit of stinginess and greediness. That is something I want to make you see, which you have not seen. Let me break forth, give you the whole lump, and then you can... Follow me as I'm going to be discussing. When you sow a seed, what is your expectation of harvest? Is it the same seed? Amen? You sow a seed, maybe a corn, and you want to harvest corn, what do you harvest? A bunch. Fine. So now, see, our mindset is so narrow concerning this principle. And we think, I want to make you understand that even if, even if even your one naira that you are sowing, if you sow it with an understanding, you are not supposed to get back one naira. Because there is no seed that you plant that will produce exactly the same thing. It's practically impossible. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So everything you do expounds in your future. Everything you do. Every thought by way of seed you sow expounds in your future. Again, I'll keep on reminding you. Your thought, your action builds up a wall for you to enter into by way of harvest. Because you sow a little seed of a mango tree, you are going to harvest what? A big mango tree. That is the principle. So your sowing is not limited to, well, you sow two naira, and then you are expecting to get two naira. Then it was not a seed at all. Because if it is a seed, there is a power for that seed to produce a harvest. And harvest is always bigger than what you sow. For the past two weeks, the Lord has been dealing with me on this fact. And I want you to catch it. Hallelujah. I want you to catch it. I want you to understand it. I want you to develop another mindset. To know that you are building your life. You are building your future. You are creating a world by your actions. And I'm going to show you some things. Hallelujah. So again, let's start with Galatians 5. from Galatians 6, verse number 7. Galatians 6, 7. Galatians 6, 7. Are we there? Be not deceived. God is not mocked. 
For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. The whatsoever have nothing to do with, like I said before. You sow one error, you get one error. That's not what he's saying. But the nature of what you sow is what you reap. I want you to catch this. Whatsoever have nothing to do with the amount you are sowing. It has to do with the nature of what you are sowing. Are you still with me? Now, go to Luke chapter 6. Let me show you what I'm saying here. Luke chapter 6. Nothing to do with the amount you are sowing one bit. You know, because we want to make people so we have a way of teaching this and all that but you just need to understand by the time you understand exactly what I'm trying to say tonight it will not be my position to make you think about sowing are we then Luke chapter 6 I'm, I'm trying to define the worst ever a verse 44 Luke 6 verse 44 for every tree is known by his own fruit. For of those for of course men do not gather figs. Nor of a bam, bramble bush gather the grapes. Now all these are Jewish plants or whatever. Let me come back home. You don't plant cocoyam and reap what I am. You don't plant mango trees and read guava trees or guava seed. Is that okay? So instead of uh, bamboo brush and all of that, don't, don't get crazy about that. You can use any other thing. You don't plant plantain suckers and they expect to reap maybe mango or yam or something. Is that okay? Are you following what I'm talking about now? Because every seed has a power to reproduce itself. Genesis 1.11 says that. Every seed. And this is what Jesus reiterated in this particular passage in Luke chapter 6 verse 44. So when he said whatsoever a man soweth, he's talking of the nature of what you are sowing. Not necessarily the quantity. We looked at the the, because you see, in terms of financial matters, it's correlated with the book of uh, the Second Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to look at that. That's where bountiful every fine. We try to correlate it and begin to say, well, what save I man so it? But in, in Galatians 6, it's not talking about the quantity. It's talking about the nature of what you sow. Are we together? Good. So, and uh, by the way, as we move on, you're going to see some of the things you can sow. And I'm going to show you some things. From there, your mind can expand to other things that you can sow. Hallelujah. And don't you forget, every seed has power to reproduce itself. Don't always forget that scripture. Galatians 1.11 is so powerful. That you must know that every time you're thinking, you are generating a seed. And that seed must do what? Reproduce. And the reproduction of that seed sometimes amazes you. Because surprisingly, you may sow very little seed, like I said before. You sow a corn, of, a corn now, maybe a seed of corn. You just put it on the ground. When you have any ears of corn, maybe that same plant can produce two, three ears of corn. Is that okay? And now if you pluck all those corns and count them, that one seed may give you up to 300. That's exactly what I'm trying to say now. That one seed may give you up to 300 corns. Is that alright? And that is the same thing. Every action, every action you put up expounds in your future as a harvest. It may be small, but your reaping is just waiting for you because there is power in that action to reproduce itself. So if it is positive rain, you're going to reap positive harvest in your future that you can describe. If it is negative, 
It is the same thing, negative action in your future. And all of these things we are talking about come from simple thoughts and words. Is that okay? Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also of a thought. You can make your life better if you will. And you can make it much more delicate if you will. All of these things, I think they are choices you can make by way of simple control of your mind. Now let's go down a little bit. Don't forget this mind. Mind means to curb. And what again? Talk about deep thoughts. What again? Purposeful inclination. Remember that? The mind. Okay. Now, so, I said when you say whatsoever, whatsoever has to do with the nature of whatever thing you are supposed to be what? Sowing. Is that okay? Okay. Let me show us some things that we can sow. And that will come to the issue of the money that we can sow. And so, people of God, let me explain this and say it again and again. Before you make any statement to someone, think twice. If there's something you can't fulfill, don't you ever say yes to it. Are you following what I'm talking about? Because that one yes you've said is waiting for you in the future. If the thing becomes difficult, the yes is saying you are supposed to perform. That is to say, you don't have to know that this could be a problem and you want to say yes to it maybe because you want to get your way through. You trap yourself in the future. Because that word you've spoken will be ringing. This is what you said before. Are we still here? Things you can sow. James 3 verse 18. James 3 verse 18. The seed principle. The power in the seed. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, James 3 verse 18. Are you there with me? Yes, and the fruit of righteousness is sown in what? Peace of them that make peace. Oh God. Like this. Hallelujah. What he's saying is peacemakers have a fruit that they sow. The life of those who work for peace produces righteousness. Now some of us want to be righteous. And we think it is by certain religious modalities and concepts. No. There is righteousness and there is a fruit of righteousness. Why is the fruit? Your nature, which is now becoming the nature of the one that saved you, which is Christ, is peace. Are you there with me? So the fruit of your righteous life as believing into Christ ought to be what? Peace. If you sow peace, you will always get peace. Not, 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 and get this right and it's important because it, I think it will be helping me thinking right for this past two weeks when this begin to hit me if I want peace I have to sow peace peace is not going to come when you don't sow peace because it's whatever you sow that you reap you want peace. Now, the peace you are sowing is not just, don't forget the principle, you sow one little seed of corn, you have a 300, 1,000 at the end of the day. Is that okay? In other words, you sow peace as a fruit of righteousness. There is a multiplication of peace on your way as you walk into life. By implication, you encounter peace all way, everywhere you go. Why? Because you sow in peace. And this peace you can sow in your family. And you reap the harvest outside. It doesn't have to be in the family. Either because if it comes from the family, it means you sow 100 naira, you get 100 naira. If you sow peace in your family, you are expecting to harvest peace all around, even in your place of work. That little peace you sow in your family goes 
before you to your place of work and you begin to find peace amongst people. Pray for peace. Oh no. God says so peace. And you have this peace. You can't pray for something that you don't sow. Prayer is a watering of what you sown. It's like causing the rain or the water to come upon the crop you sown. That is prayer. You don't pray for peace. You sow peace. You reap peace. When you pray for peace, you are only watering the peace you sow. You can see why we pray for peace and peace doesn't come. Because it ought to be a fruit. It's not a gift. Oh, come on here. It's not a gift from God you pray for. Because he has given you the seed of peace in Christ himself. He is the prince of peace. So if you have the seed of peace, which is Christ himself, it is not left for you to produce the fruit. Is anybody catching what I'm talking about? You have the seed, you have the tree. What God expects you to produce is what? The fruit. How many of you want peace in this house? What are you expected to do? Sow peace. Sow it. Go and cultivate it. Imagine you waking up in the morning and say, my business is to plant peace. Huh? Sow peace. And water it. And you just see peace springing forth. You walk into your garden and you find peace speaking to you. Peace. Peace. Everywhere. Sow peace. Hallelujah. The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. That means peace is something you make. Peace of them that make peace. And you see, in Matthew 5, I think it said the same thing, verse number 9. Blessed are the peacemakers. Oh, come on, go check it out. Peace is to be made. <laughs> Don't pray for the things God is saying you should produce. You have the ability. Are you a child of God? Blessed are the peacemakers. That means one of the things that describes or qualifies you to be a child of God is the peace you produce. Amongst men, amongst warring people, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Let's get to Hosea. Hosea, Hosea, Hosea chapter 10 and verse number 12. Hallelujah. Now you must look at it. Hosea 10 verse number 12. Are we there? So to yourselves in what? Righteousness. Reap in what? Oh, come on. Stop there. <laughs> Glory to God. Sow to yourself what? Righteousness. What are you expecting to reap? Now tell me, who do you think is going to show you mercy? God. Not only God, even man. Even man will begin to show you mercy. God give me mercy. God show me mercy. And God is asking you, have you sown in righteousness? <laughs> because that's the fruit of righteousness. When you sow it, it's just a fruit. God give me peace in my family. God give me mercy. God show me mercy in this situation. God is saying, no, no, no. That is not the way to go about it. Just plant something. And then mercy becomes a harvest. Glory to God. Once you plant a crop and the environment is right, you don't need to question the harvest. The harvest is you'll be thinking of how do you harvest your field that will be ripe sufficiently. Ripe sufficiently. No weevils. No ants. No, no, no. Because there's enough insecticide to destroy them. By reason of your understanding of spiritual work. I like this scripture. Sow to yourselves in righteousness. Reap in mercy. People want mercy all the time. But you've not done what is supposed to be done. Mercy is simply a harvest of the crops you've planted. 
See, whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Assuming you are sowing wickedness. Assuming you are sowing anger. Assuming you are sowing doubt in your mind. Assuming you are sowing hatred in your mind. Think about these things. Because the other, the other side of the coin, every coin has two head, two sides, the head and the tail. Darkness and light, black and white, they all complement one another. You sow in righteousness, you reap mercy. What about if you sow in hatred? Because he's still a seed. Huh? If you sow jealousy, it's a seed. You can't find your way out in life, people, because there will be a lot of people in your front trying to sidetrack you, get you out of the way, and you'll be wondering one which is a seed you sowed yesterday. It's just a harvest. God cannot be mocked. He made it plain, He put it on the plain board for you to see. This is the way I operate, and this is life principles. You can pray yourself out of it. In fact, this one doesn't require prayer. It's just a life you're supposed to live. Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reaping mercy. It's crucial you understand what I'm saying this evening. It can help your life. Let no root of bitterness be in your heart against anybody. Because it can become a seed you reap tomorrow. No matter the offense the person have committed. No matter what you think the person have done to you. Allow not the root of bitterness to hang on in your spirit. It's a little seed. But harvest is much more than the seed you sow. That is what I wanted to catch. If you can't get anything this evening, catch one thing. Harvest is always greater than what you sow. Please understand this. The trouble you cause today, you are going to have greater trouble as a harvest. Not any devil. is the seed you sow. Hallelujah. Only in peace is the fruit of righteousness found. Because people make peace only in peace. When we talk of, I'm a righteous man. How do we define righteousness? It is the peace you produce. It's as simple as that. I believe it's because... Okay, I believe so much in the new creation reality. I made the righteousness of, of God in Christ. Very simple. But how do people know or how do even myself prove that I believe in the finished word of Christ I'm a righteous man is the peace that I produce. The evidence of your righteous life is the amount of peace that is flowing from your life. Hallelujah. How peaceful are you? Don't forget this one word tonight. Only those who act peacefully are entitled to peace. Write it down. Only those who act peacefully are entitled to peace. You are not qualified for peace unless you act peacefully. Well, because the opposite or the contrary side of peace, it could be quarreling, whatever. And it's a seed. So what am I trying to say? You don't demand what you don't sow. Because it will not come naturally. You can't break it. It's a law. So only those who act peacefully or peaceably qualified for what? For peace. These are the only ones entitled for peace. So when you say, why is that man not having peace? He doesn't have peace himself. So he can't give peace. In other words, why are people troubling him? You may ask sometimes. 
Hallelujah. Now, I'm not talking about suffering for righteousness sake. Again, you don't do things for people to begin to do things and you say you are suffering for righteousness sake. Not at all. Hallelujah. I gave you a story of a lady that used to trouble me when I was not yet a believer. Trouble me once time because our rooms were just very thin wall apart while I was staying. And she feels she prays better in the night. And she will not pray to herself. She must pray to disturb even my sleep. I have to part from that place to another room. But yet I can't have peace because she's praying. Hmm? You see, the scripture even says when you wake up in the morning and you speak to your neighbor loudly, God bless you. He said that is it's like a curse. God doesn't do that. You will dis- no, read this book of Proverbs. Is there any book of Proverbs? You, you can bless somebody without shouting it. That is not spirituality. Make peace with people. Make peace with your neighbor. Make peace as much as possible. You will get peace as a harvest. And not just a little peace. Abundant peace. Because every little seed produces a tree. You don't harvest what you sow. You harvest a mighty harvest by reason of a little seed you sow. But what I'm saying, whatever means any kind of thing you sow is what you will reap. And the end point of it is the harvest is always greater than what you sow. Hallelujah. Did you catch that one on James there? You want peace? So peace. So it in your family, so among your children, so it to your husband, so it to your wife. So peace. Wherever you find yourself, ensure that you sow peace. You will have a peace. Mightily too. Now, sowing to the flesh. Galatians 6, verse number 8. Okay. Sowing to the flesh. Galatians 6, verse number 8. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. Amen? Okay, go to Romans 8 verse number 13. Romans 8 verse number 13. How do you sow to the flesh? Let's look at a few scriptures on that. Romans 8 13. Are you there with me? For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. That is the corruption. But if you through the spirit do modify the deeds of the of the of the deeds of the body, you shall live. Go to Romans 8, chapter 5, I mean verse number 5. Romans 8, 5. Go to verse 5 and see. Let me show you now how you sow to the flesh, how you reap corruption because you sow to the flesh. Are we there together? Romans 8. Verse 5 and 6. For they that are after the flesh, they do what? They mind the things of the flesh. That is how you sow to the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Now, you know Galatians 5. What does it talk to you about the issue of the, the works of the flesh? Amen. Can somebody give us a catalog of those things? Just turn to Galatians 5 verse 19. Somebody plays quickly. They that mind the things of the flesh. Those that set their affection on the things of the flesh. Those that have deep thought about the things of the flesh, if you will. Galatians 5. Read from verse number what? 19. Now the works of the flesh. Evidence adultery, fornication, uncleanness, newness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, as both of wrath, which is anger, selfish ambitions, dissension that is like making sect. Mm-hmm. Heresies, envy, 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 murder, murder 
drunkenness, revilence. Okay, hallelujah. These are the works of the flesh. Now, let me show you something. If you go down to the next verse or chapter, Adina says, or verse rather, Adina says, but the fruit of the spirit. Now, listen to this. Do you know that it's more difficult to get angry? That is why it is a work. The works of the flesh. The other one is fruit. It's a lifestyle. Now, you see, it requires energy to manifest anger. Are you getting this? Look at those two things. The works of the flesh. Anytime works means energy, power, strength. But fruit is something that comes naturally. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? Now the Bible says, They that mind the things of the flesh. Those who set their mind on those thoughts. They are sowing to reap corruption. How then do you sow? When you give your thoughts, your attention to those things. You reap corruption. You know the word? There is no fruitfulness. There is no life that those things produce. It continues to produce that. Because to be carnally minded is what? Is is that? Is that all right? Okay. You sound that you sound that verse verse number six. Romans eight verse number six. You get that. For to be carnally minded is dead, but to spiritually minded is what life and peace. Now, if you want to therefore sow peace, enjoy peace, harvest peace, you're not going to be thinking about the fruit of the spirit, which is joy, which is love. Amen. What even begins that is love. Love is a summary of every other thing in that particular verse of scripture. So to be spiritually minded is not, it's not being I will put it now. Maybe you can't greet people because you are a spiritual person. I'm not talking about that. Huh? Even somebody asks you a question about politics you can't answer because you are spiritual. <laughs> I'm not talking about that. Are you following what I'm saying now? You don't have relationship with anybody because you are spiritual. That's not spiritually minded. That is religiously a by God human being. You can be talking to people and still be spiritual. In fact, the evidence of your spirituality is producing peace amongst people. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm saying here? When you say somebody is spiritual, it's somebody who walks out the life of God, manifests the gift of the Spirit. I mean, I'm not talking about in terms of signs and wonders. I'm talking about the fruit of the Spirit, essentially. Is that all right? That's a spiritual person. When somebody is spiritual, he's walking towards peace. He's walking towards love. Everywhere is peace. I'm coming. See, the man we are following as the head of this body is the prince of peace. What it means is the author of peace he originates peace so you can't say you are a follower of a peacemaker and yet you are into something else you are always sowing harvest of corruption tomorrow when anger rules your life jealousy rules your life by batting rules your life everything that is not part of the spirit rules your life there is a harvest awaiting you mighty harvest Glory to God. You know what the Bible said? I told you here some time ago. It said, Vengeance is mine when your enemy do this to you. What did he say you should do? Yeah, do good. By so doing, you're heaping coal of fire. Remember that? I gave you the interpretation. Coal of fire is not necessarily saying, Okay, you insult me. Okay, I just come to you and say, Take bread, take bread. Say, Fire to your head. <laughs> that is not what he's saying. In in the in the early times when fire was not readily available, what the Bible is teaching is this: Assuming your neighbor have no matches to light fire, and he wants to light his fire, you know, you cook with fire stove or whatever fireplace, and he comes to you and he said, you know, even if he has insulted yesterday, the Bible said, take more coals so that his fire can burn quickly. What he's trying to say is this. 
bless those who curse you and who despisefully use you. For vengeance is mine. When you take the place of vengeance, you are asking God not to walk on your behalf. The quickest way to get victory is not to retaliate. But it's a hard thing to do. But all of us need the ability to do it. Did you understand what I said? The greatest and hardest things for man to do is not to do all, to retaliate. I was amazed when I read this afternoon, you know, the supposed to be the asset president of Ivory Coast, Bangbo, who refused to leave and did all of that. The man that is coming in said he doesn't even want him to be tried. And he wants to give him all his rights and all his status and everything. I can't picture that to be an African. He said he doesn't want him to be tried. They said they want to take him. He said, no. He wants him restored fully. And all the entitlement of which he was supposed to have as a president be given to him. I don't think this man is an African. You can find such people. It's, listen, you see what I've just said this evening. The most difficult thing for you to do is not to retaliate. It's a difficult thing, but you must strive never to retaliate. Hallelujah. It's difficult. But it hurts you. But it's difficult. Not to retaliate? No. It's a difficult thing. But that is where we are supposed to be. We are not called to retaliate. We are called to bless those who caused us. Who despisefully used us. And abused us. Who bless them. Hallelujah. Can you picture Jesus being spat upon and slapped? And he could turn around and say, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. And I remember somebody coming to me one time and he said, I said, I don't pray those kind of fire prayers. No, 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 no. You can't say that. These people know what they are doing. So we must pray. <laughs> they seem to be wiser than Jesus <laughs> because of their theology. Amen. They don't know. Pray that God give you the grace not to retaliate. Amen. It is possible to stay away from such people. But there's a different thing entirely that in your heart you are not carrying any heart. Did you understand the difference? You may not be staying under the same roof. You may not be staying in the same... No, no, no. You may not have any, but you must not carry any bitterness, any heart in your heart against that fellow. That is where you are free. That is only where you are free. If you can't carry any heart in your mind against such people who have definitely abused you, carry no heart. You are a peacemaker. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace. Amen? Okay, so let's begin to see a little bit of that. And so let's talk a little bit about money on this. Can we still sow money too? <laughs> Master is smiling. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Glory to God. Do you know, do you even know something that some people are so self-centered that they are how do I call that self-centered? Like you are trying to do it from Galatians 5 there. They are not even self-centered, they are possessive. We are natural man is a possessive being. But possessiveness is a tendency of greed. Do you understand that? Yeah. You can be so possessive that you don't know that you are suffering from the spirit of greed. That is something you must watch out for. Very crucial. Very, very crucial. If you look at Acts chapter 20, we're coming by issue of finance. Let's talk a little bit of money on this because it's whatever you saw. So money is also inclusive. Am I right? Yeah. Okay. Acts 20, let's look at verse 35. Act 20 verse 35. And he says, I've showed you all things, how the Paul is speaking, 
how that soul laboring you ought to support the weak. And to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And there is something that's amazing about this scripture. You can't read the entire scriptures and find where Jesus made the statement. You can see it. It's not anywhere. But this guy got this by revelation, I'm sure. I'm got to see something. Also, he said, of the thing that Jesus said and did, if they have to write everything down, the book will not contain. So sure he said this, but the apostle did not record that. But Paul does this by revelation. Are you there? Glory to God. It's more blessed to give out to people than to do what? To receive. I remember Abiola said this some, some years back while he was alive. They asked him why he lies giving. He said he who gives is always at the top. He who receives is always below. He doesn't want to be below. He wants to be at the top. And that is true. If I must give you anything, every beggar is always below. May you not be below in your life. Amen. Learn to be a giver so that you can be at the top. Those who give control systems. Those who receive are beggars. They are always down below. They are always down below. And the reason why we don't give is because we are possessive. Which is the spirit of greed. That's one of the major reasons why we don't give. Amen? <laughs> you know, the Corinthian, it was the Macedonian church, the Corinthian church, the Bible said, out of their deep poverty. So poverty is not a reason not to give. The reason you don't give is because you are greedy and possessive. Amen? But don't forget, what you give is what you sow. Is that okay? What you are giving out is a sowing principle. And what are you supposed to expect? A harvest. You don't harvest the same thing you give. You harvest multiple of whatever you give. It is more blessed to give than to receive. And so in 2 Corinthians 9, you can just write it down. Let me read it because of time factor. Just read it. 2 Corinthians 9 because we have about three scriptures more to read. Second <sighs> Corinthians 9, 5 and 6. Therefore I taught it necessary, exalt the brethren that they will go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty. Wherefore you had noticed before that the same night the same might be ready as a matter of bounty and not as of covetousness. Hmm? Verse 6 says, But this I say, He which sweat sparingly shall also reap sparingly, and he which sweat bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Okay. Hallelujah. I mentioned this in the beginning. And this is where we equate it in scriptures. We take this and match it up to Galatians 6. But the truth is, they are not the same thing. Let me show you why I see it differently. Luke chapter 6. Hallelujah. Verse 38. Give. Everybody say give. Now, if you see give, comma is there. So to me, it's a commandment first. Huh? Give, comma. <laughs> it's a commandment. And it shall be given unto you. Now look at what happens. Good measure. Press down. Shaking together. Running over. Huh? Now watch this. You see, I told you, what you sow is not what you harvest. Am I correct there? Yeah. So, 
give well, let us assume you give 100 naira to someone from the heart of your heart is that alright what the scripture is saying that 100 naira goes ahead of you to attract bountiful harvest in such a way that the harvest you want to reap is the one that is shaking together, pressed together. They are pressing it. He's, he's jumping the pressing. Hallelujah. Have you tried to load a sack once? Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm talking about? You, you, you press and the thing is, in other words, it comes a place that you don't have. Now, finish the scripture and say, shall men, not God, give into your bosom for with the same measure that you met with there, it shall be measured to you again. Now, does that mean now you have to measure a running over thing before? No. Because the seed you are sowing has the ability to produce what? A harvest. Because you do not have a principle. You, don't, you say, wait, if you follow it that way, you do not have what it takes to do. In other words, if I want to give to you now, eh? I must think of what? Look at it. Good measure. I must press it down. I must shake it together. It must run over before I give it to you. Is that how it works? I don't have that. So if I cannot have it good measure, press and shake it together, run over, that means I can give. Are you catching what I'm talking about? So when he said give, give based on your level and what is in your hand. But that one you have given, which is what you are now sowing, goes ahead of you to multiply. Your harvest is always greater than what you sow. Like I said, Marcia was sharing on Sunday. Things just hit me. I wrote it down. But three weeks now, or two. And every day, keep on reminding me, your harvest is greater than what you sow. Your harvest is greater than what you sow. That's okay. I just keep on thinking about that. And I keep on thinking about it. My harvest is greater than what I sow. So it is important I sow. And whatever. In other words, I could sow money. I could sow peace. I could sow joy. I could sow anything. But my harvest is always greater than what I sow. And that is what it means here. Give. It shall be given to you. Good measure. Praise them. Shaking together. This is not a principle of raising offering. I'm not teaching you about the issue of offering now. Because this is something when I was, let's take an offering, a scripture for the offering, you know, in church. Somebody come and read this one. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about your life and what you should expect by the life you live on a daily basis. Not an offering scripture. And if you look at this, shall men give to your bosom? Do you know what bosom means? In all times, you don't have pocket like this. They have these uh, rags, so fear, just like a big sack. Yes, was attached to it. When they give them thing, they put it there. You understand that? Say, men will give to your bosom. You know that one? Your bosom is now your bank account. Because that is where you store things. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Your giving will make men remember you. I was chatting with somebody on the Facebook today and he said, I got to know you are supposed to be in Singapore. I said, Yes. When is it going to be? I said, next month, if the visa pulls through, what about the flight? I said, well, it's a little bit expensive. Some $300,000, $200,000, I mean, uh, Naira for the ticket. He said, well, when the time comes, let me know. I will not be able to afford that, but I'll give you pocket money. Something to spend when you travel there. We've not known for too long. But I've sold something into his life. And remember the last time we met, he told me, I don't have anything for you now, but your life has challenged me. And I'm going to talk to my wife about you. I'm talking of Duncan. I'm going to talk to my wife about you. You came into my country. You didn't bother about the hotel. Whatever thing I give to you, you say you are sowing certain things into my life that I've never thought about before. Hallelujah. You can reap if you know how to sow. 
Don't be stingy. Don't be selfish. Whatever a man sowed, that shall he also do what? Reap. Now, final principle, just to back up what I'm saying, Mark chapter 4, and then we'll close from there. Mark chapter 4, verse 26 down to 29. It's an interesting passage. Praise God. Are you there? Mark 4, 26 down to 29. And he said so. And he said, so is the kingdom of God. As if a man should cast seed into the ground. And should sleep. Oh come. I used to enjoy this and I keep on enjoying this passage. And rise night and day. And the seed shall spring and grow up. He knoweth not how. Oh come on now. Did you understand what I'm talking about? You just sow it but you don't know how the harvest is going to come. You don't know. So you are giving, you don't think about where, no, don't think about people are going to give to you. You don't even know the people that will give back to you. You don't know. Just keep sowing it. And he knows how. For the earth brings forth fruit of itself. First the blade, then the ear. After that, the full crown in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he put that in the sickle because the harvest is come. There is a harvest for sowing. Hallelujah. There is a harvest for sowing. And don't you forget, it is whatever you sow. It could be negative, it could be positive. But anything you sow, there is a harvest. A little seed will produce bountifully. So watch what you sow. And sow to life and peace. Don't sow to the flesh. Don't sow hatred. Don't sow anger. Don't sow unforgiveness. Sow life and peace. And expect great harvest unknown to you. God bless you.